Our second reading this morning from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 24, verses 36 through 44. But about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field, one will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together, one will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known on what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. Let us pray. God of hope and healing, we turn to your word to hear your will and your wisdom for our times. Open our hearts and minds by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, so that we might hear what you are saying to the church through Christ, your living word. Amen. Well, good morning, my friends. As we all know and see, it is the first Sunday of Advent, the beginning of that special season in our lives and in the life of the church where we catch just little glimpses of the Christmas that is to come. Now, we all know there are presents to buy, cards to get out, meals to prepare, parties to go to. Yet in the midst of all that activity, I hope there is time for you to catch your breath, to pause even in a moment of expectant waiting. Now, if you notice the sermon title, it is the 500-piece puzzle with 600 pieces. Now, that comes from a blog a friend of mine publishes. Her name is Marianne McKibben Dana. Uh, She is a Presbyterian minister, an author, a marathon runner, an improv participant, a coach, a lecturer, a daughter, a wife, a mother, and there's probably a few other titles in there I've missed. Besides writing great blogs and and great articles, Marianne has written a couple of books. Uh, Her latest book is titled Hope, A User's Guide. I highly recommend the book. It's a great book. It would be a great Christmas present if you wanted to buy that for someone. You can get it on Amazon. Her blog uh, that she sent out right before Thanksgiving was titled the same, 500-piece puzzle with 600 pieces. As we all scramble to make those family visits and buy gifts and get Christmas cards out and decorate our house for the holidays, all the while keeping our daily life, school, work, taking the pet to the vet, fixing a leaky faucet, and figuring out that appropriate gift for your favorite pastor. I thought her title was a perfect description of the time that we are in now. We scramble every day to pull the pieces together, and usually there's just more pieces than there are places to put them. Uh, Marianne described her busy and full life with an analogy of driving in the rain. She said, I recently took a day-long drive which involves several hours of torrential rain. 
My passenger and I would barely escape one band of heavy rain before entering the next. At one point, I was poking along behind a semi-truck, their hazard lights flashing, my wipers barely keeping up with the onslaught of rain. I fixed my sights on those faint red taillights, my only visible guide. Occasionally, they would vanish from view as if the truck had eerily disappeared in the mist. For a while, I asked my companion to use their phone to check the radar to see what was up ahead. Okay, okay, just a few more miles and then there's a break in the weather, they would say. I soon realized that knowing how long the rain band might persist was distracting me from the act of driving. I needed to adjust my thinking from how much longer will I need to do this to I'm in this for however long it lasts. I'm in this for however long it lasts. No conversations, no investigation, just this moment for as long as necessary. This season of Advent can feel like that sometimes. We're driving along in the storms of our lives, some storms brought upon us by others, some we have brought on ourselves. And we're just hoping it will let up just for a moment so we can catch our bearings, so we can see where it is that we are trying to go. Many times we fill our lives with frantic activity to fill that void, but Jesus calls us to keep awake and to wait, for we do not know what is coming, but we put our trust in him to get us to that destination. Jesus teaches us that there is value in waiting, in being still and remaining watchful instead of filling our lives with activity for the sake of activity the busyness of the world. Jesus reminds us again and again to be watchful, to wait patiently, to be hopeful for what is to come. We cannot rush God into action. God's timing is perfect. And our timing, well, not so much. Unfortunately, humans have never been very good at waiting. You can think all the way back to the Israelites in the desert with Moses. They complained about the food. They complained about the desert. They complained about their leader, Moses, and his inefficiency and his poor decision-making. That sound familiar to any of you? God's timing was not their timing. I don't know if culturally we wait for anything well anymore. If you want to test me on this, then take a leisurely drive this afternoon after church. Linger at a stoplight in Mount Pleasant that changes from green to red for maybe a second or two. Or drive the actual speed limit and see how good your fellow citizens are in waiting. Or maybe even you yourself just trying to follow these instructions might struggle. But as Christ followers, wait we must. For that is part of what Advent is about. Waiting. But not waiting in the sense that we're in the waiting room of the doctor's office flipping through an old expired magazine, just biding our time. But our waiting is an expectant waiting. It's an active waiting, a waiting where we do something important, something that is important to God while we wait. In this time of active waiting, we can 
carry on with our lives, raising our family, going to work, caring for a spouse or a loved one. But we have a keen eye towards what is to come. Christ is coming, and we must keep awake and actively wait. As a community of faith, how can we practice our faithful response to God's call to wait? It's in this time of waiting, how do we find what God is calling us to do in this, I'm in this for however long it lasts moment. Now, some of you will remember a few weeks ago, I promised a solution to uh, one of the many things that sometimes stands in the way of us and our relationship with God. And I think I pretty, pretty well laid out very clearly, it's our stuff. It's our material goods that we collect and hoard. But it can also be busyness. Just as we fill our closets and our garages with clutter, we fill our calendars with needless and overextending encounters that don't allow us a chance to even breathe, much less time to spend in an appointment with the divine. So my Advent gift to you comes in the form of a challenge, an opportunity to actively wait on what is to come this season. So I want to give you four things that each of us can try over the coming days to do some active waiting, to keep ourselves awake for the coming of the Lord. Now you can write these down if you want to, but I'll let you know that we'll send them out on Wednesdays in the e-news uh, for the next several Wednesdays, and they will, this uh, list of four things will also be in the December Pelican. So you, you'll get them in writing, so if you can't write it all down as, as I go through them. I'm calling this Pastor Bart's Advent Challenge, and there are four ways to practice our faith and be aware and awake as we wait for Christ to come. So the first thing to try Select a drawer, a closet, a storage room, your garage, or maybe if you have a rented storage unit, clean it out. Identify it and clean it out. This Advent season, go through it and throw away things that are no longer useful or serve a purpose. And if it's still functioning or workable for somebody else, donate it. We have several agencies that our community, uh, Mount Pleasant Presbyterian, partners with, um, ECHO, East Cooper Community Outreach, Habitat, Restore, God's Goods. They, uh, many of them accept clothing and furniture and kitchen goods and all those things. You can look them up uh, on, on their websites and find out. Uh, but, but clean up that clutter place um, that's holding you back in your house or in your storage unit. The second thing to do is find two things that you own and love. Two things that you own and love but you never use. What, if, what family member or friend or even a charitable organization could use these special items? The third thing is prepare an extra meal and give it to your neighbor or a friend. Not, if you're not a cook, get a gift card, go get some cookies or something from a bakery and drop them off. And the fourth thing, Teresa told you about the, um, the local missions volunteer opportunity directory. I'll show you a picture of it so you can see it when you go out. This is a nice little opportunity. All of our local missions are listed in here. 
uh, that we sponsor through the church in some way. There's a description of each local ministry. There is the name of the volunteer coordinator that is a member of our church and their contact information, and then specific ways that you can also volunteer with that organization. So get a copy of this. You can get it on, uh, you'll, Jim is going to hand out some copies after church today. You'll be able to get one. It's also on our website for folks at home or when you get home at mppc.net backslash missions backslash volunteer. And you can go on there and you can print your own copy of it or, or have a copy electronically. However you get your hands on this, Take it home and sit down with your family or with yourself and pray over it and let God lead you to an opportunity in which you need to be involved in. So find something that draws your passion that you get excited about. And over this Advent Advent season, find a way that you can volunteer with that agency. If you're not able to volunteer, you can certainly always make a donation to these very important local ministries, especially this time of year. Uh, look at look look after those in need. Now, as you do this over Advent, I'd love to hear about it. Uh, once you engage one of these activities, uh, certainly send me an email, bedwards at mppc.net. Uh, again, you can find me on the website. But I'd love just write write me a brief little paragraph or a couple sentences about what you did and and how it helped you or or how you worked through it. So it's really important, I think, for us to actively wait, actively be engaged in what God is calling us to do. So even in these days where God's present, uh, which leads to our hope, seems to sometimes be a bit distant. And it can even be blocked out by all of this clutter and all this busyness in our lives. When the news coming to us from around the world seems nothing but bad, when our own lives seem to be in as much chaos as the world is in chaos, my friends, we need to keep awake. The hope of Christ is coming. God's promises assure us that all is not lost, that a new day is in front of us, that everything does not rest on our weary shoulders. God is the one who is in control. Of course, we have a part to play. We have a job to do, to watch and wait, to keep awake, for we do not know what day the Lord is coming. Yet we are called right now, this month, this time of year, to watch, to pay attention to those glimpses of God's presence. We will try and look past those special store discounts, the endless advertisements for Christmas specials, and the frantic pace of life that swirls around us. We're called to keep awake, not just as individuals, but as the body of Christ worshiping together, finding ways to actively participate in God's work in the world by cleaning out our homes and cleaning out our calendars of busyness and clutter and embracing godly activities, the work that God has called us to do. We are called to work, not just idle work of filling Christmas stockings and ordering another necktie for Uncle Harold, but God's work, looking after the lost, feeding the needy, helping, helping those in need. That is the true work of Christmas. And finally, we are called right now to have great hope, to throw aside our despair, our negativity, and embrace the kingdom of God. Christ calls us to a right relationship with him so that we might share the hope of Christ with others. This Advent season during our time of expectant waiting is the perfect time to rediscover God's calling in our lives. 
Don't worry about purchasing that perfect gift for someone special. Praise God that you are precious in God's eyes. And God has already freely given all of us the most perfect gift, the Christ child for whom we wait. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.